Hey guys, it's Cream, aka Miss Cream of the Crop, and welcome to another episode of Conversations with Cream, featuring Spotlight on Black-owned brands. Today's featured entrepreneur is Daniela Bordes of Boisson LLC, and I'm really excited to introduce her to you guys because we're going to talk about culture and fun, a little bit of spirits and things like that, and not just things you guys are probably thinking about, but I'm really excited to have her on today. And uh, we're going to get right into it. So before I tell you guys all things Boisson and Daniela, we're going to come right back and then I have her introduce you guys. Introduce herself, excuse me. <laughs> all right, guys, so we're back. I have Daniela Bordes here at Boisson LLC. So I'm going to go ahead and let her introduce herself to you guys and tell you who Daniela is. Hi guys, it's Daniela from Boisson, and it is a craft cocktail company, very Haitian-inspired, straight from my culture, um, trying to represent Haiti in all ways, and yeah, I'm all about cocktails, all about fun, all about culture. <laughs> yes, yes, yes. So you are the owner of Boisson, which is a craft cocktail brand, as you stated, and not only is your brand a black woman-owned brand, but you are a Haitian-American black woman-owned brand. So yes. why is it so important to you to infuse your Haitian culture into your brand? I think it's really important for me because I want people to know a different part of Haiti. You know, mm -hmm. you always see these impoverished photos of Haiti and videos and you see the destruction and you know all the things crazy things going on in Haiti but there is so much more to Haiti their food their music you know you know their artists you know we have so many things to offer and then you know and of course our remedies we use so many different things on a daily basis you know, I try to infuse, like, a lot of lime juice, and we love mangoes, um, all of those things to put into my drinks, and, you know, just trying to further on a better image of Haiti than is being portrayed. Yes, I love that. I love that. Changing the imagery that's being shown on media in America, that's something that has always been a negative about this country is a lot of times when you see countries that are based on black people, whether it be Haiti or Jamaica or places like Africa, uh, continents like Africa and the countries over there, it's always the impoverished areas. And that happens a lot with a lot of countries that are heavily populated by people of color, even for places like the Dominican Republic. Puerto Rico, places like that, they show like shanty towns and and when you actually get a chance to speak to people and learn more about their culture, you understand that it's more than just with what's being shown in the media. And I also think that's why it's so important for us to travel to get to know these areas for ourselves. Yeah. And, you know, it is also really important for us to do things like what we're doing right now, spotlighting brands so that people can give you their own version of their culture instead of someone else's version of their culture or where they're from. So I love that you are spotlighting Haiti along with your brand. I think that's really amazing because you're right. The media doesn't portray Haiti in the best light. But fortunately for people like me, 
I look beyond what other people show me, and I actually know people that represent Haiti very well. So thank you for doing that. <laughs> so if so, we're talking about you being Haitian-American and a black American woman, and you also have a brand. So what adversities have you faced? Because your brand is a craft, you know, you have spirits. And um, what adversities have you faced as a Haitian-American woman, if any, um, in the realm that you're in right now as far as your brand and just in general? What adversities have you faced, if any? Well, I would definitely say um, I think one of the biggest things I've seen is kind of just like finding funding for my business. Um, there are some free programs out there, like through the state, that do help small businesses, you know, to get them off the ground and stuff. But, you know, finding like mentors and stuff like that to actually help you, you know, navigate through this whole world of like creating your own business is like kind of hard and it's, there's a lot of research that goes into it and you know I would say definitely the biggest thing for me has been like funding and finding grants that are specifically to what I do because you know there's so many grants out there for you know research and scientific things and whatnot but when it comes down to like actual craft services and, you know, food services and beverages, it's, like, kind of hard to, like, find that niche sort of thing. So that's yeah. what kind of, like, struggling through right now. So for our community, regardless of what our background is, one of the things that we are all overcoming is like you said finding mentors because for a lot of people they are the first entrepreneur in their family so a lot of us come from families that work hard whether your whether your parents were born here whether they um are immigrants our families know hard work they understand you know having jobs and taking care of their family and doing what they need to do to make ends meet but one of the things that a lot of us don't have is someone to talk to about entrepreneurship and starting your own business, especially when it's outside of the realm of, I think a lot of times it's easier for us to start restaurants or because we cook. That's what we've always done. Like we cook and we meet around food and meals. That's been a big part of black culture. So a lot of times you see most of us start restaurants or we make food and we're like, hey, I sell plates on Saturday. <laughs> when you go outside of that, it's kind of like, well, there isn't really, there aren't, you know, that many people that look like us redefine mentorship. So having that as an adversity, what are some ways that you're overcoming that? I know you said you're doing a lot of research, but what ways, if you have um, overcome some of those adversities that you've been facing? Well, I think Instagram has been a really big help in that just because I've been able to connect with so many other brands that I would have never known existed before I started, you know, a business Instagram. So being able to find, you know, companies like um, Bad and Boozy, I don't know if you've heard of them, but they are a really big inspiration for me um, just because they are black-owned and woman-owned. 
and they're kind of doing what I would aspire to do. So, you know, following them and then, you know, seeing other liquor brands that are black owned, like something that I didn't think that like really existed. Cause you know, you hear all these other names like Hennessy, you know, and all these other ones. And you're like, Oh, well, is there something that's, you know, for my people, you know, so Instagram has definitely helped in connecting me to different businesses and being able to see their growth and, seeing what they're doing in the community, it's been, like, really refreshing. So that's definitely one great help for me. Oh, that's amazing. So basically just networking, figuring out who to network with, how to network with them, and yeah. going back to something that you said, and going back to something we said at the beginning as far as the media. The media has always portrayed our community as being consumers of alcohol but not owners of an yeah. alcohol brand. And I'm loving – that so many of us are turning those tables around. You know, you have Diddy, you have um, Jay-Z, you have 50 Cent, um, I think Michael B. Jordan, The Rock. There are a lot of black people and people of color that are, I think and Mary J. Blige, she has her own wine line now as well. So we're turning those tables and saying that, okay, now that you guys have figured out or you're portraying us in this way, like we're consumers of alcohol, like now we are figuring out how to be a part of that space. Yeah. And I think that it's really amazing to see black women become a part of that space as well because we like to drink wine, and why not purchase your wine from someone that looks just like you or just like me? I love that. And so for the women out there that are listening in, one of the biggest points you guys can take from this is networking and not being afraid yeah. to network with people that are in the same space as you. So I think a lot of times we see people in the space, the same space as us, as competition, and not really realizing that we can learn from each other. We may do the same things, but you have your supporters, I have my supporters, and it actually is, sheds a more of a positive light on both brands if they see that, hey, they're working together, or at least they're cordial. <laughs> so I think that's amazing that you're willing to say, you know what, these people are doing what I'm doing, and they're black women-owned brands as well, but I see them as inspiration and not really competition. For sure, because I feel like there's there's a space for everybody in the market. We don't all do the same exact thing. We bring so many different things to the table. So, like, if I could learn from someone else, like, that's really great, and if they can learn from me, like, that's awesome, too. So I feel like that's just uh, something that everyone has to learn. <laughs> yes. Yeah, and that can be a hard thing to learn in the beginning when you're just starting out because you're just like, okay, this has to work. I got to make money. I have to, <laughs> I have to have a return on my investment, and I have blinders on, and it's all about me, and – once you get past that nervousness of starting your brand and, and, and wondering where your money is going to come from, I think then you can relax and focus on, you know, networking and understand that your network is your net worth. So something that I forgot to ask at the beginning, so your, the name of your brand is Boisson. So explain to us what that means and why you named your brand Boisson. So Boisson actually is drinks in Creole. So it was an easy correlation. I wanted it to be something that's directly connected to Haiti. 
um, even though it's it may be hard to pronounce for a lot of people, but you know I'm like you can catch on when you if you're able to say all these other names in the business like you you'll be able to catch on and it's something that definitely tied me to the roots of Haiti um, and I felt like it was just so fitting just because yeah like I make drinks so yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so how did you get into uh, craft services and how did you decide like this is the business for me yeah um, so really it was just like really random you know I would start to like play around with making drinks for my friends and me like when we were just like relaxing and chilling and then I started thinking like oh like this seems like really fun it seems interesting um, and at the time, like, I saw a lot of people getting into their own small businesses, and that kind of inspired me to really put my mind and think into, like, what would be a good business for me, you know. And after, like, trying a bunch of other things, like, I went back to the thoughts of, like, oh, like, yeah, I, like, really like to make cocktails and stuff, and I like to drink cocktails. Why not start, like, a cocktail business? And then I you know, started to do research and to see, like, how, you know, plausible that would be feasible, that would be for me, um, yeah. and what I would need to do to start and, you know, all the kind of steps and stuff. So I kind of did research for about, like, six months to a year and tested out different flavors with my best friends, and they're really my <laughs> my group of, like, taste testers, you know, <laughs> off and on, so... I kudos to them because they they dealt with me through like picking packaging, picking my label, and um, all of that stuff. So, right. What are friends for if they can't be your test group? You know? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's like you know we've all figured out that we have to have therapists for all those things that we need to talk about with therapy. So now that we can't go to our friends for therapist-type conversations, the least you can be is my test group for my new business. Yeah. <laughs> but I mean, it's great for them, too, because they got free cocktails in that. So. Exactly. So, see, there you go. <laughs> so, okay. yes, yes. <laughs> so you talked about the fact that you did research for about six months to a year, and you started your brand at the height of the pandemic. So after all this research, you after having, you know, all your friends get super tipsy as a test group, what made you say, you know what, I know it's a pandemic. I know that things seem really uncertain right now, but now is the time. Why did you know that in the height of the pandemic was the time for you to just go ahead and launch a brand? Well, I think what really, I feel like what really propelled me was just, I feel like I was just thinking that this couldn't last forever. So why not just jump in, try it out, see who, you know, sticks on to it. And, you know, if it doesn't take, you know, I'll start it back up again when this is over. But at least I can say I tried, you know, mm -hmm. basically just, like, taking a leap of faith because, like, I put, put God into everything. Um, and so that was another push for me. I was like, you know, if this is really for me, if God really has this set out for me in my life, like, it's going to work out, you know, in a way that it should. So I'm really glad I did take that leap of faith because I did get, you know, a lot of good customers from it from the beginning. And, 
still going strong now. So I'm really happy I did. Yes, that's amazing because we always say what's for you is for you, no matter what's going on around you or with everyone else and your true testament to what was for you was for you. And also the other cool thing is you live in the New York area and I know that you guys were locked down just as long or if not longer than we were, because I'm in Cleveland, Ohio and we were locked down forever. And during the lockdown, it was wine time for everybody. So picked up on that. So I'm pretty sure that helped you out a lot that everyone's like, I can't go anywhere, but you know what? I can drink. Yeah, exactly. And that, that was one of the things I really picked up on. I was like, look, my business is really convenient for you. Pick up your drink. And there you yeah. go. Yeah. So basically, even though you started your brain at the height of the pandemic, you capitalized mm-hmm. on the pandemic. And you wouldn't have been able to do that had you not had the faith to know and understand that what is meant for you is for you. And look at you now, you're flourishing. (laughs) So for our listeners out there that um, uh, who may be interested in starting a craft service business or get into spirits, you know, as you said, and we said before, there's not a lot of people that look like us that are in this space. So for someone out there, especially another woman of color, black woman, Haitian-American woman that may be interested in getting into this type of business, what three pieces of advice would you give them? I would say to research, (laughs) number one, research, research, research. Because with with liquor, there's so many rules and regulations in the business, and you won't really – like you can have – all these ideas, but then when it comes down to you actually putting your business into fruition and, you know, making the actual breakdowns of, like, you're going to do an LLC or you're going to do an S-Corp or whatever, like, there's a lot of rules that come with that, and so doing your research in what field you want to do, whether it's, like, you want to sell at a store or you want to try and, like, sell your goods online, like, there's a lot of things you have to maneuver before you actually can get into doing it. Um, So that's number one. Number two is definitely a lot of testing. You got to go through a lot of testing, whether it's through your packaging, through your label, and you got to go through so many things to, like, find the perfect fit for you and, like, just make sure you stay. Last thing is to stay consistent in everything you do, whether it's your marketing, whether it's, you know, your networking, stay consistent in all of that um, just because, like, once you, like, drop off, it's hard to get back up and start again and do things. Um, so research, consistency, and um, branding. Branding, yeah. <laughs> Thank you for sharing that because, like I said, that's the way that that's the one of the best ways for us to grow together is by sharing our knowledge. And, you know, like I said earlier, a lot of times people are afraid to share their knowledge because it's like, well, I don't want you to get rich before I get rich, but it doesn't yeah. matter who gets rich first because there's enough money out here for us to eventually be rich together. So, yeah. so you know, so, you know, 
So do you need special licensing special for this? Licensing I know you this. said you have to do your research, but do you have, along with figuring out the structure of your business, do you also need special licensing along with figuring out if you're going to be LLC or S Corp or anything like that? Yeah, so with liquor, so it depends if you want to, so like selling online, you're not really able to, say, ship your goods, like liquor goods, to another state. So that's not um, that's not available to any like direct business. You would have to go through an actual liquor store or say, you know, like a Costco or something that they ship and sell things goods like that um, to consumers. Um, mm -hmm. So you definitely have to maybe figure out a partnership that you would want to do with a liquor store that's local to you um, that does ship and sell liquor. Um, and then also another thing is it'd be good to get your bartending license just to, you know, know the ins and outs of, like, what you're supposed to be doing when it comes to terms, like, to laws of, like, who and who not to sell to and, you know, all the different things that go along with making drinks. That's another good thing. Um, and then also where and when you can sell your goods. So getting permits maybe. Um, that's one thing, like, for New York specifically. Like, if I'd want to do the, um, like, selling in a market, like, I'd have to get a permit, like a daily permit or, you know, a monthly permit or something. So it's really different from state to state. Um, mm -hmm. You'd have to check with, like, your liquor authority for your state. Uh, that's always the best place to do go to. Like, sending them an email or giving them a quick call, I would say, is, the easiest way um, before you make any decisions and how you want to go about your business like call them email them and ask them for information on you know what you can and cannot do in you know your parameters basically. yeah so basically research <laughs> yeah <laughs> and then even after that research more research exactly <laughs> because at the end of it you don't want to get fined and you yes. don't want you know whatever license that you do get so mm -hmm, mm -hmm. so there's a lot of research that goes into you selling know all the rules for your state and then all other states too that you want to sell to so. yes yes so basically research today if you guys don't take anything from this two things you should take out of this research <laughs> research <laughs> even like um during the pandemic we were able to um like bars and stuff were able to sell to go drinks mm -hmm. but now as um you know things are slightly getting better and stuff like that they have stopped like to go drinks so that's enough those things are um things to be aware of too like during times of crisis they do help out businesses you know like the restaurant businesses and bars and stuff to be able to get that revenue back but you know they will you know, stop or put a pause on something like that. Yeah, we had the to-go drinks here as well. I'm not really sure if they paused it yet, but they did have that here, and I know that was booming for a lot of people. So, yeah. <laughs> so what is your brand's most – what is their, what is your highest-selling specialty drink that you guys make? I would or the most popular, I would say. 
I want to say it is my Port-au-Prince drink, and that is a pineapple passion fruit rum punch. It's, well, it's between that and my mango margarita. Okay. So those two drinks bring your customers back. So what are customers saying about your brand that brings them back? Why do they love your brand so much? I would say it's really just, um, like, the fresh flavors. Like, I try to always utilize, you know, really good fruit nectar juices um, and then also always fresh citrus um, and then really good liquors, too. Um, I try to make sure my mix is, like, you taste all the flavors. It's not like, you know, we have those these drinks in New York called um, Nutcrackers. Mm-hmm. And they're like, you know, just like these mixes that people make with like a bunch of punches and like a lot of liquor. But like for my brand, like my goal is for you to taste taste the pineapple, taste the passion fruit, taste the lime, and then also taste the rum. So you get all those flavors mixed together and basically like, you know, a beach in a cup, you know. Yes. Hate the Haitian culture. Yes. That's what <laughs> That's what it is. He's like, I want you to taste the Asian culture. You may have tried those other drinks, but over here, you're going to get culture. (laughs) I love that. I love that. So how can – I know that there's different licensing and different things like that that you talked about in regards to being able to ship your – your drinks to other states and cities and things like that. So how can we support your brand if we don't live in New York or the Brooklyn area? Or is it not possible right now? I know it is. You can always um, purchase one of my mixers. So I will sell, um, like, basically a box too. So it won't have any liquor in it, but you'll have the full, you know, drink. And then all you have to do is add the recommended liquor, or you can add whichever liquor you want. So it'll be awesome. bottled fresh, you know, and sent directly to you. All you have to do is send me a DM or send me an email. Awesome. So give everyone your your Instagram and your email so that we can make sure that we get all the sales pushing towards Boston LLC. So give them that information right now, and then we'll give it to them again at the end. Perfect. Uh, you guys can check me out on Instagram, and that's going to be Boisson D'Amelie. B-W-A-S-O-N-D-E-A-M-E-L-I-E, and that's also my email, and it's just at gmail.com. Yes, yes. You guys, make sure, get a little bit of Haitian culture in your life if you don't already have it, (laughs) and support Boston LLC. I know that I am. I know that I am because I need to taste these these limes and these juices, and I, I, I need that. I need to I need to experience that. <laughs> I need that in my life, okay? Because winter time is coming, and you live in New York area. I live in Cleveland. We have winter. That's like being back on lockdown again. So I need my. It may not be wine, but I need my boisson time, my wine time. <laughs> so one of the things that I like to ask all of my future women guests, especially my black women entrepreneurs. Uh, what does self-love mean to you, and what does women empowerment mean to you? So self-love to me is, you know, totally loving yourself in all things, all aspects. You know, no matter what, you know, society may say about you, 
or people who look like you, just loving yourself totally and, like, you know, and always being able to give yourself grace in all, in all things. And then women empowerment is just, you know, helping one another, you know, in everything that we can. Like, whatever you can do for someone, you know, try to do that at your best, you know, just because, like, they can also lend that hand to you and just because, like, we, we go through so many things. So it's, like, sticking up for one another, having each other's back, and, you know, giving each other the knowledge and support is just, like, it's so important in this time and age and, you know, in all times. Absolutely. Absolutely. I really love your answers. I really love the passion that you have behind your brand. I really love that you incorporated your culture within your brand as well. And if people are listening to this on my podcast and not watching this on YouTube, I just got to tell you guys her hair is awesome. Okay. <laughs> all right. Yeah. <laughs> you got this this big hair, and I love it. My daughter has big hair like that. Unfortunately, I wasn't blessed with big hair. It, my hair is not big at all. <laughs> I always wanted big hair. So if you guys are listening to this, make sure you go to Instagram and support Boisson and purchase her spirits if you live in her area. If not, purchase one of her kits. But also go there so you can see her awesome and amazing hair. I had to I had to just let you know I love your hair. It's so awesome. My daughter's hair is like that. And my hair is just flat. <laughs> your hair is beautiful too. <laughs> but I love I, I I still have self love. I just wish that it included big hair too. So <laughs> But thank you so much for being today's featured guest. I really appreciate you for coming on and taking time out of your day and Listen, I'm all about women empowerment. I'm all about girl power. I'm all about supporting my fellow black women entrepreneurs. And I'm going to make sure everyone knows about Boisson, and I'm going to order my mixed kit. So be looking out for my email, my DM, or whatever I need to do. For sure. I'm ready for it. (laughs) Awesome. Well, thanks again, and I hope you enjoy the rest of your day. Thank you. You too.